This is the Dungeon Master's Handbook. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Master's Handbook. I'm Michael, Chicago Wiz. Glad you're here with me. So we interrupt our normally scheduled podcast on weather. Boring. Well, not really boring, but kind of fun. But anyway, um, because of the internet. So I released my last couple of podcasts on wargaming. And, you know, I was trying to get across an idea of how I do things and my excitement about them. And I got back some feedback that said, yeah, not a lot of content here. I went back and I listened and I thought, well, you know, that's not altogether, you know, bad criticism. Didn't exactly get across what I was hoping to get across. So normally I do these podcasts a little bit somewhat scripted to help me not run off the rails because I like to keep these to about 20 minutes. Um, But I don't have a script for this episode because what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to do something through audio and that's guide you through how I actually implement and run my war game campaign. Um, I'm going to be sharing the tools that I use and kind of a blow-by-blow description of how I use my rules and uh, something I called the war game campaign record to make that happen. I'm going to put the links up on uh, the description on the WordPress uh, website, uh, dungeonmastershandbook.wordpress.com, as well as on Google and and on um, uh, Facebook when I post the and on Reddit when I post the the link to the show. And uh, hopefully between those links and me talking you through this, you'll get a better sense of what you might have to do in order to run a war games campaign. Now there are two tools that I use primarily to do this and three to four books that I refer to when I'm doing this. So let me give you those right now. First is the Berthier Campaign Manager, B-E-R-T-H-I-E-R. I've given a link to the uh, website for the Berthier campaign software. It is freeware. It's written by Tony Delisle. Sorry, Tony, if I mispronounced your name. Um, this is something he's been working on for a long time. Uh, it is a, um, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It's a great piece of software. It just takes a little getting used to. Um, he does, however, have a great set of examples and help files. So, uh, you know, check it out. That is the first tool I use. Then the second tool is Google Docs. Uh, insert your own Word document processing software here that you'd like to use. But basically, what I do with Google Docs is it allows me to, wherever I'm at, you know, if I've got a few t- minutes at lunch or if I'm at home or I'm on my tablet, um, it allows me to go ahead and do some aspect of the war game campaign. And basically, the the biggest thing that I do here is I have three documents. I have my War Games campaign rules. I have something called a War Campaign Record, which lists somewhat the blow-by-blow of what I'm doing. And then I have what I call a journal. 
where I summarize big events into somewhat of a written format. And it's kind of a nice thing to have. I can share it, you know, in blog posts or if somebody, you know, wants to know a little bit about the lore of my campaign, there it is. All of these things I maintain throughout a turn or an entire campaign. Now on to the books. A couple of these I've mentioned already. First is Tony Bath's uh, Setting Up a War Games campaign. Uh, you can get this book uh, off of Amazon or Lulu. Uh, if you go to www.wargaming.co, a gentleman by the name of John Curry, who is, uh, I believe it's called the... Um, uh, Wargaming History Project, sorry, the History of Wargaming Project, uh, John Curry is taken to grabbing some of these older books and re-releasing them. Uh, Tony Bath's Setting Up a War Games campaign was published, I believe, in the late 60s, early 70s. Great book. This is uh, something that's really influenced me a lot in how I do things, and I'll mention that throughout the episode of where I got that. The second one is a more modern book. It's called The Solo Wargaming Guide, and it's by William Sylvester. And this was put out, it looks like, in 2013. It's a small book, only a little over 100 pages, but there's a lot here, a lot of tables, a lot of great ideas on how you can do a solo uh, wargaming campaign on your own. And then finally, a third book, War Games Campaigns by Charles S. Grant. This was put out in the mid-'90s. Charles Grant also has written a lot and is known in the wargaming circles uh, for a lot of his ideas. His book builds off of Tony Bath's book and basically explains some of the ideas that he did in terms of going through and creating a war games campaign. All right, so that's kind of the setup here. I'm going to go to my war games campaign rule. If you hear me clicking here, I'm actually going to really physically be doing this um, while, uh, while we talk. Here we go. I don't know if this is going to work or not to to guide you guys through this. In Berthier, before we get started with the actual turn, in Berthier, I've set up my map. Now, what I did was is um, I have a War Games campaign going of humans in this area of my world called the Duchy of Pisces. They are fighting off an invasion of orcs and goblins. And so in Berthier... I imported my hex map and I actually had to convert it to a grid map. I won't go through the bloody details of that, but basically there's a tool. You uh, almost trace out your map into this grid format, and this is influenced by Charles Grant's War Games campaign, how he he did maps, and uh, Tony in creating Berthier pulled a lot of those concepts in. So I have a grid map. And on that grid map, I've annotated where my towns are, where the roads are, the different terrain, and so on. So on that map, um, I have my forces deployed. Now, in my rules, uh, a turn basically works like this. I create a new move page in my journal, and I'll get into that in a second. Then I deal with anything that happened in the previous turn with regards to contacts. So if we had armies fighting armies, well, they had their battle. Somebody won, somebody lost, and somebody's going to have to move. So usually the losing side. So I'll resolve those within Berthier. Berthier has a tool that you go in and you say, this uh, person is retreating this way, and now here's their new army strength. 
Uh, I will also update for losses and casualties. Um, I track my army strengths in my own way based on how I build my armies. And so depending on who won, who lost, and how bad they lost, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna have casualties. Sometimes they recover quickly. Sometimes they're going to take a while. Sometimes they're never going to recover. Uh, death does that to you. And uh, I update Berthier for that information. Is it the start of a season? I have four seasons, and I track um, my uh, calendar by the seasons rather than by months. So we have spring, summer, fall, and winter. If it's the start of a season, then each army is going to get replacements, new recruits, people that have been trained, and so on. And I then track their movement up to the front lines, so that way then when they get there, they can be added to the appropriate armies. You might want to simplify this and just say, you know what, at the start or the end of each season, um, X number of troops get added. I was feeling frisky and decided that I was just going to put them in their starting city and then track their movement there. It actually makes it a little interesting because the orcs have to wait a long time because all their, their replacements are moving through mountains. Anyway, um, once I've determined all of that, at the start of the campaign, I had to mobilize troops. So start of the campaign, the attackers attack or they're getting ready to attack and the defenders are, are obviously going to have to respond. So from the solo wargaming guide, um, William has come up with kind of an approach to how he mobilizes troops. Uh, sometimes troops won't mobilize exactly when you want to. Sometimes they won't mobilize the way you want them to based on uh, how smart and how good the commanders are. So I have a mobilization plan that I go through where each city builds up or each area builds up their armies and then sends them off to do the things. At the beginning of the campaign, the orcs mobilize their armies. They march them south out of the mountains and attacked the uh, human lands. The humans are like, oh my God, we're being attacked. Now we have to mobilize our armies because we didn't necessarily have a lot of standing armies to begin with. So they had to go through their mobilization efforts and then move them on. So I have a, I have a plan for doing that. Um, it'll take a few turns to get things mobilized and get armies marching along their way. To inject some, I guess you could call it randomization, I came up with three different plans for the attackers and three different plans for the defenders. Random, dull random dice roll. Uh, again, I'm not a professional podcaster. Um, they went through and uh, figured out which plan that I rolled up, and I followed that plan up until the initial contact, which is, you know, what's the saying? Every plan is great until you meet the enemy. Well, that's kind of what I did here. All right, so initial turn, we're done. Now we get to determine the weather because weather may affect how fast your troops can move. Again, in my war game campaign rule book, I have um, some effects for weather. And a lot of this was developed off of Tony Bath's book and off of the solo war gaming guides. I kind of took a hybrid of both. Um, I'm going to talk about weather more in my next uh, podcast episode, but for right now, just take it on faith. I have a spreadsheet. The spreadsheet says for this week or this turn, here's the weather for this part of your campaign world. 
okay, so I know the weather. I have rules for the uh, outcome. So if it's been raining for a while, I have to go into birth year and say, all right, the movement rate is going to be three quarters or the movement rate is going to be half of what it normally is. And within birth year, and I'm sorry I'm skipping here, within birth year, not only did I import my map, but I also set up the movement rates. So if they're moving through mountains, woods, that's one movement rate. If they're moving, moving over open ground, that's a different rate. If they're moving across the roads, that's yet a different rate. So the weather's affected them, so I have to go into birth year and say, okay, for right now, for this turn, um, you're going to move at, say, a three-quarter rate or a half rate. Okay, we're done with that. Now we're going to get into the fun stuff. So for each side, so for the orcs and for the humans, I go into birth year and I take a look at what is going on. Can armies see each other? If they can, what do they know about them? And to get that information, I go back to the war campaign record. Because in this war campaign record, I track where each army is, what their current orders are, if there's any notes like things that have happened to them, and then most importantly, what does the commander know about that significant uh, unit? So here in this move, um, I have two, four, six orc armies. The overall war king, his name is Lorumbu, he knows that a couple of armies he has ordered to come closer to him because he knows the humans are, are bringing a lot of forces uh, to push the orcs out of the human lands. He knows that two other armies were um, engaged in battle and forced to retreat because they lost those battles. And he knows that a third army... He hasn't heard from in a while, but one of the other army commanders saw that army fleeing. So he's got a good idea that probably this army was on its way to being dissolved. So with that knowledge then of looking at the uh, map and birth year and what the current situation is for the orcs, I can then go into my war game campaign record and decide what is each army going to do this turn. So maybe I'm going to keep on telling two of the armies to move closer to me. Wait, maybe I'm going to tell the other um, armies, okay, I want you to stay where you are. So within birth year now, now that I've figured all that out, for the orc side, I'll go into birth year, and then for each uh, unit, I will tell them either to move or to hold or whatever it is I want them to do. Usually it's the, the two options that you really have is move and hold in birth year, because what are you going to do with an army? You're going to move them somewhere, or you're going to tell them to wait for further orders. The other thing that Berthier does that I make use of is the message uh, feature. Now, I know it seemed kind of weird that I may send messages to myself or to my own armies, but it's my own way of being able to say, okay, if the war king has told two armies to move closer to me, well, they're not going to know instantly right away. There's a period of time where the horses have to run out to the armies and the messengers have to give the orders and then the commanders have to respond to the orders and then actually do the thing. So when I want the armies to do something on orders, I will use the message feature and send those messages and keep note of when those messages were sent 
and received within my war game campaign record document. When those messages are received in Berthier, then I will go ahead and note that in the campaign record, and then I'll actually perform that command. So it injects a little bit of interesting things here, including the fact that Berthier has an option to allow messages to be intercepted, which has happened and actually has affected my campaign here. Okay, so we've come up with the plans. Then I go into birth year and I tell it to execute the plans. You know, move here, hold here, and whatever. Um, send the messages to these units. The units then send messages back to the commander. Hey, here's what's going on. Here's who I've seen. Oh, I'm now about to fight a battle. Because if I move an enemy army into a space that's occupied by another by another force, an opposing force, then that's a contact. And then I have to do the battle. And this is where I'll actually get out the miniatures and put the terrain down and fight the battle. I'll get to that in a second. All right. So assuming that we've gone through all the units, then I'll switch sides in Berthier. I have uh, the war game campaign record table for the opposing side and I'll basically do the same thing look at the map and I kind of have to shut your my brain off and pretend that I don't know what's going on which is why the two different views helps because I play it again this is a solo wargaming campaign I play it from that standpoint of taking the orc side and then taking the human side and I do much the same thing what's the current situation who sees who is there anything of note that I need to take care of and uh, then I write out my orders. So each uh, human unit will get their orders. Uh, the command may send out messages to the various units, do this, do that. Again, I'm using Berthier to send those messages. Um, then for each unit, I issue the order, move or hold. Um, and then after each unit is done, if they notice something, you know, hey, I've moved and now I see six orc armies. Oh my God, what do I do? Send reinforcements, tell mama I did my best kind of thing. Um, I'll note all of that. I'll note what the commander knows and, and move on. Okay, so birth year now has allowed me to issue orders. And now let's say I have contacts. So what do I do for a contact? All right, so believe it or not, I've written out rules for this. Um, within Berthier, I don't, I, I keep track of the unit strength, but I also keep track of that in my war campaign record. And so for this past turn, which is turn 13, um, the Childress army, who's the human army, actually the actual overall commander for the entire human forces has moved into contact with an orc army commanded by war chief Snackzol. So I know that Childress's army is a certain strength composed of a certain number of professional troops and militia troops and the same thing for Snackzol. So now within um, my uh, uh, within my rules, I have to make a determination. Is this an army versus army battle? Is this more of just a couple of regiments, maybe scouting each other out? And I'll make a determination as to what kind of a battle am I going to do? 
In other words, what rules am I going to use? Well, this is an army versus army, so I'm going to use uh, hordes of the things, which is a, a very fast play and fun um, miniatures wargaming rule. Um, I use 15 millimeter figures for that. Hordes of the Things is based on another wargaming rule set called DBA. Um, I run with a version that's based on the latest version of DBA uh, 3.0. So I have tables set up in my War Games campaign rule that say for this kind of army, you have these six possibilities of different types of troops. Roll a die and figure out what it is. So using those uh, charts, I know that Childress is going to have some knights, some swordsmen, um, some cavalry, some archers, a whole bunch of spears, and actually a creature unit called a flyer, because in my campaign world, giant ravens are friends of the humans. For Stackzol, he's gonna have a bunch of war bands and hordes, sounds like an orc army. Uh, he's gonna have a few cavalry, a few shooters, and he's also going to have a unit of trolls. So, I haven't fought this battle out yet, I'm just running you through how I've set this up. So I figured out the composition of forces. Now I have to figure out the terrain. So knowing that on my map that this is uh, a road hex or a road, road square surrounded by forest, then I know that I'm going to need some woods on my battlefield. I'm going to need um, some, uh, some roads. And I've also determined that the orcs have a fort. So there will be a fort on my battlefield. So I figured out that contact. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to fight out that contact. Now I haven't done that yet, but in a previous uh, turn, when I fight out my battles, uh, I have a winner, I have a loser. Sometimes I'll have specific victory conditions depending on uh, the scenario. Um, but for this one, this is pretty much a straight-up battle. So two armies, whichever one uh, wins or loses in accordance with the rules of hordes of the things will be the, the victor of the, of the uh, contact. Once I'm done, I'll note the losses. Now here again, as I mentioned, I've got a spreadsheet that allows me to calculate that. Uh, let's say Childress is the winner and has only lost 25% of her forces. I'll enter that in that information and it'll tell me how many regiments I have left out of this engagement. Right now she's starting out with 12, which is a full army. Um, if she lost 25%, then I'm gonna have roughly around eight. There'll be some casualties. Some casualties will heal up pretty quickly. Some will take up to a month to heal. And I will note all that in my war game campaign record so that in future turns as they heal, I can add those forces back into the army to be available for future battles. And let's say Snackzol loses. Let's say he lost 50% of his forces. I'm gonna figure that out in accordance with my uh, spreadsheet. It's gonna tell me you know, how many uh, uh, regiments he currently has, how many you know, casualties he has, and I will note that in the war game campaign record. And that's the end of a turn. Now at the beginning of the next turn, I will again resolve the, uh, the contact, who's gonna move where. Snackzol will probably have to retreat somewhere or maybe uh, the battle went so badly that Snackzol's forces are fleeing 
which means that they're just running away and they're done with this war and I ain't going to fight no more kind of thing. Um, and I'll have to figure that out. Now, there's a lot of detail that I've glossed over. Um, and it would really be too hard to try and fit that in into this, uh, this podcast. But basically, to sum it up, I use Berthier to handle the movement and the contacts. So I can see who sees what. I can move my units different places, and then I can figure out who's in contact with who and figure out the battle from there. Um, this makes this very simple. Otherwise, you're going to have to spread out a map somewhere and use you know counters or pins or whatever to plot who's moving where, or you try to do it through you know just written word. I tried to do that initially. It didn't work out so well. So I really love Berthier for doing that. The Wargame Campaign record, uh, which came from the Wargame Campaign book by uh, Charles Grant, is nice in that it kind of gives me not only an idea of uh, what the orders are, but what's happened previously, what the commander knows about those specific units, what my casualties are, what my current strength is, and when am I going to get uh, you know, those casualties back from having healed up and recovered. Between the two, I run a turn, and I run turn by turn until I get to a point where I have to make a major decision. In this case, I mentioned this earlier, um, that I had sent messages between my units. So Childress, on the human side, had sent messages to her forces outlining, here's all of the reinforcements that are coming. And oh, by the way, we had other armies from another duchy join us, and they're marching over here, and this is what I'm going to do. Well, the orcs managed to intercept that message. So Lerumbu knows that a whole bunch of hurt is coming his way. So... I had a major decision point in my campaign. What is Lerumbu going to do in reaction to this? So I set up um, a chart of four different or three different goals that Lerumbu might do. The first one was hold fast for reinforce for replacements to arrive, try to resist a siege, because what the orcs have done, they have cap captured a major fortress called Arc Point, and that's kind of the center of their activity right now. The second option is retreat from Arc Point and fight a delaying action to get back to the orc tribal lands. Third option is Let's just go out, out in a blaze of glory. Let's just go and attack the humans and cause as much carnage as we can. Well, three options. Roll a d6. And I rolled a uh, six, which according, and I have some rules about uh, the type of commander you are and you know which option they're going to probably pick. Well, the option is they're going to retreat from the stronghold and fight a delaying action back to tribal lands. And I got to thinking about this, and this is actually going to fit really nicely in my lore. There's, I think I mentioned this, there's a, the uh, duchy to the north, the Duchy of Dawn, which has been completely overrun by orcs, and the humans have fully evacuated from that duchy. Um, 
the refugees are now in, in Pisces. So what Lerumbu is going to do, he's going to pull back to the Orc lands. He's going to communicate with the war king over in Duchy of Dawn, and they're going to coordinate attacks sometime in the future to both invade uh, the Duchy of Pisces and attempt to crush it, which is kind of a really cool setup for a really neat future campaign that I'm going to run here. So the dice like to tell a story. So for the next few turns, I'm going to be fighting that delaying action from the viewpoint of the orcs. From the human standpoint, they're going to suddenly see the orcs pulling back. They're not going to have any idea why. They're going to make sure the orcs get away from them. And then they're probably going to pull back and I'll have to figure out what their, uh, what their actions are from a future random roll uh, between three plants. So again, some really cool stuff here. Wow, I actually walked you through all of this and hopefully it didn't sound as bad as I think it did. Um, just again, to summarize, my War Games campaign rules, I have a turn laid out. And it spells out what I do when, when I go to Berthier to do things, when I go to my war game campaign record to do things. I'm going to put all of these links on uh, the uh, podcast post. Really hope you'll check them out. And let me know what you think. Was this helpful? Did this kind of give you more of an idea of the things that I have to do? It's hard to do it in words. Um, and I really didn't, don't want to extend this any longer to talk about some of the other uh, ways that I do battles. Maybe I'll do that in a future podcast if there's interest in it. Um, but hopefully this gives you a better idea of what I have to do to play a war game campaign. Now, how is this affecting my overall campaign? How is this affecting the players who are playing D&D? Well, interestingly enough... Um, the sea elves have attacked one of the duchies that the players are currently in. And so as a result, the, um, the duchy and the government is so freaked out by the fact that elves, who we thought were our friends, are now attacking us. They are making all elves basically record themselves and take an oath of allegiance to the duchy. Well, my players just had to do that. They're like, what is this from? Why are we doing this? So the NPC that they're dealing with had to explain to them, well, we were attacked from the south by a bunch of sea elves. And we have no idea how to tell the difference between the two. So if you want to travel in our lands, you got to take the pledge, elves. If you don't want to take the pledge, get out. Freak them out. They've also heard rumors of things happening in the, in the Duchy of Pisces. As they travel through this particular duchy, it's close to Pisces, so they may actually run into some refugees. They may run into some soldiers. Um, closer to home, I'm starting up a war games campaign that's actually going to be in the duchy that the players are from. So they are going to experience, and they already have experienced, some of the uh, fallout of war. But what's nice for me is I kind of get to see both viewpoints. I get to fight these battles. I get to do these really cool things at this big strategic level. But then as the players either hear about these things or they see the effects of them, they actually experience this in their own ways. My hope and what I'm trying to guide them or encourage them to do is to think about forming their own armies, forming their own alliances, um, 
while they're trying to deal with the big overall story of, uh, of the Dark Ones returning, um, and be able to actually take part in these battles. Will it happen? Boy, I don't know. But I'm having fun in the meantime playing my own war games and, and making the two work together. Okay, wow, that's it. So much for an unstructured uh, Shoot from the Hip podcast episode. I hope you liked it. Let me know what you think. Uh, If you have any questions, please shoot them my way. This is something that I love doing, and I hope hope you'll enjoy it too. Next episode, we're going to talk about weather and how it affects my uh, campaign, both from a war games perspective and from a D&D perspective. Please check me out, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, uh, from the uh, website. And uh, please rate and review and let me know what you think. So until next time, game on. Game on.